Sword and laser, do 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 do. Sword and laser, do 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 do. Sword and laser, do 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 do. Sword and laser slash patreon.com to join the hunt for good reads. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, awesome discussions from fans just like you. And Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, got, I can do that all day long, really. <laughs> oh my God. We have fun here. That's what we do. More fun. Speaking of fun, what do you, what are you drinking, Tom? I was having a St. Francis Anthem. It's a blend of St. Francis red wines. Quite delicious. Excellent. I, too, am drinking red. I'm drinking Apothic Red, um, mm. which is also a blend. So, and cheap. Blends are in. Yeah, my mouth. Blends are, blends are the 2022 uh, drink of choice. Five, five days in. <laughs> Cheap red wines that you can easily acquire is the drink of 2022. That's right. Um, so good to see all of you. Happy New Year. Uh, happy to have you back for another year of Sword and Laser. Uh, let's kick things off with the Quick Burns. Now, the Hugo Awards happened years ago. <laughs> it feels like at this point because we, we had a longer break because of the holidays. Uh, but congratulations to Martha Wells. Woo! Uh, and the Hugo Award winner this year, A Sword and Laser Pick, Network Effect, uh, was the book we read uh, earlier this year with Rob Dunwood. Uh, so, yeah, yes. very exciting to uh, to have Martha win. She deserves it. It's a great book. Uh, also, Best Novella, The Empress of Salt and Fortune by Ni Vo. Best Novelette, Two Truths and a Lie by Sarah Pinsker. Best Short Story, Metal Like Blood in the Dark by Ting King Kingfisher. Uh, and of course, uh, the list goes on of people. Well, I mean, uh, best series, Murderbot Diaries by Martha Wells. Oh, right. Uh, that's worth pointing out because Martha had a, had a twofer. Uh, Silvana and uh, Mark uh, both had comments about this on the Goodreads. So thank you for that. Uh, appreciate it. And congratulations to everybody who won. Oh, my gosh. That series lineup for the the nominees for best series was just some of my favorites. You've got the Devabad trilogy by S.A. Uh, Chakraborty, um, who we had on the show. Um, the Interdependency by John Scalzi, The Lady Astronaut Universe by uh, Mary mm -hmm. Rob Robinette Cole, and uh, October Day by Shannon McGuire, and The Poppy War by R.F. Kwong. Oh, yeah. So a lot yeah. of good competition there. So major congrats to all the nominees um, in that category. And of course, Best Novel too had tons of tons of great picks, tons of sword and laser picks. Um, Black Sun by Rebecca Roanhorse, The City We Became by N.K. Jemison, Harrow the Ninth by Tamsin Muir, uh, Piranesi by Susanna Clark, and The Relentless Moon by Mary Robinette Kowal. Also pointing out all uh, female identifying uh, writers uh, for Best Novel this year. Do you think we'll get The Expanse and uh, The Jade Legacy? Uh, in best series next time because they're, they're both because they just finished wrapped up yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's possible very cool um yeah so great great nominees and and more things as always to add to your uh tbr um 
In other news, uh, Ruth says that Chengdu, China has been selected as the host city for the 81st Worldcon in 2023. Yeah, so that's related news uh, Mm -hmm. because the the Worldcon two years from now will be in Chengdu. Uh, That is certainly a bold choice. For many yes. reasons, uh, s- scheduling scheduling world cons is fraught with peril in these times of COVID. Uh, by 2023, one might hope that we have cleared it up, but who knows? I'm certainly not going to like say for sure. Uh, and then China uh, having all kinds of issues uh, on the world stage with people's opinions mm-hmm. of it. Uh, of course, they're going to host the Winter Olympics, so we'll maybe get a preview of world attitude. Uh, toward yeah, that. Um, but, that's a good point. Uh, yeah. Have you been to Chengdu? Uh, no, I have never been to China, nor do I think I will, uh, as I have been banned. My show has been banned in China. So I've always felt a little nervous about traveling there. <laughs> I did um, not know that. I did not know mm. your show was banned in China. Daily Tech News Show is... Yes. Uh, is blocked by the fire. Oh, I mean, we don't know. I have never checked to see if sword and laser is blocked. Yeah, is there a way to check be. that? I don't it know how to check that. Um, I have been with Chengdu. Um, I, I did a, uh, food tour of China back in 2014 and I was there for two weeks, um, in different cities. And, uh, Chengdu was actually one of my favorites. Um, Sichuan province is um, was one of my favorites in China. <sighs> oh, I don't remember where it was in comparison to everything else that I was in. I went to a lot. I went to like seven different cities. Cause, cause China, China, big old place, you know, it is big. I did not go that far. We were mostly on the West side, West half of, of China. Okay. So I'm looking at the map. It is on the West uh, half Mm -hmm. of China in Sichuan. Yeah. Uh, And it's, it's kind of one of the farthest West you can get. Uh, and still be in in mainland China, uh, as, depending on uh, where you consider mainland China to end, which is part of the whole controversy uh, uh, about things. Uh, I guess no. I guess that's not true. I guess I was on both both sides. Now, well, I'll have to look at this later. Yeah, because Beijing, I, Shanghai, they're all on the on the east. eastern. Yeah, yeah, I was there. Beijing's like also. way northeast. Shanghai is kind of straight east. So I may be misremembering, and, and, and Chengdu might have Guangzhou been one of the south. Yeah, it might have been the farthest west we went. Is that, how I, that would I make might sense. be misremembering it. Yeah, it does not feel like there's there's many major cities west of Chengdu. Yeah, it was. Uh, you it was get fascinating. into Tibet if you go much farther west. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I think you're. You're spot on. Um, talking about how the the Winter Olympics could kind of set the tone for potentially how things could go for Worldcon, but there's still there's still time to for things to calm down hopefully <laughs> we'll see i mean it's not just you know the the worldwide pandemic it's all sorts of stuff um very interesting choice winnipeg yeah, was uh, the runner up so <laughs> next uh the next worldcon if you don't know is going to be in chicago so mm-hmm. it, it is going uh washington dc chicago Chengdu, (laughs) like uh, two U.S. in a row and then all the way to China. Uh, In principle, I I love the idea of of including China and celebrating uh, Xi Jinping and Mm -hmm. all and the great science fiction that comes out of China. Totally. Uh, It's just the political situation that that makes it uh, somewhat slightly rocking. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, you're you're next with Jan. Jan says, it seems we may be at the point where we move from the best books of 2021 to the most anticipated books of 2022. It's that time of year. Uh, Goodreads published their readers' most anticipated books of 2022 in the science fiction and fantasy category. We have The School for Good Mothers by Jessamine Chan, Daughter of the Moon Goddess by Su Lin Tan, How High We Go in the Dark by Sequoia Nagamatsu, Goliath by Tochi Onyabuchi, Book of Night by Holly Black, Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mendel, Tell Me an Ending by Joe Harkin, and The Kaiju Preservation Society by John Scalzi. And then uh, Christy H. tipped us off to another uh, most anticipated list from Tor, the 30 most anticipated sci-fi books of 2022 from Tor. Uh, oh, there's nice. there's quite a quite a bit of overlap in there, but there's also a lot of things on here that that don't overlap, like Sarah Blake's Clean Air or Samit Basu's The City Inside, for instance. Yeah, I've seen I've seen Goliath on a few lists, um, so I'm very very curious about that one. What is Goliath about? Goliath is about. Uh, it might be surprising to hear that this is Tochi Onibuchi's debut adult novel. He's so widely published in many genres and formats that about. Goliath seems like a natural progression. But Goliath is also a significant leveling up. In this all too near future, wealthier humans have begun leaving Earth in favor of domed space colonies oh, so on it's Earth. On Earth, houses are being knocked down, and the people left behind are trying to make the best of what's left behind. Goliath weaves through different characters' perspectives, through timelines, and through memories to create a narrative of race and gentrification and economic disparity. It's a biblical retelling, but in Onibushi's hands, Goliath mixes inventive near-future sci-fi elements into a story that covers all shades of human emotion, the best and the worst of us. So we should credit Tor for every word you said because you just read the the. I just read the the. I just read that. I didn't. I didn't make that up on the spot. (laughs) I I thought you knew what it was about because you said you'd seen it on so many lists. No, sorry, I didn't mean to set you up there. Literally just the cover. No, but I'm glad I caught up in time to be able to read someone else's words. Yeah. So thank Um, you for saving me. Credit. Thank you, Christina Orlando. Thank you, Christina (laughs) Orlando. <laughs> for making you me sound like I know what the F I'm talking about. Yeah, that was a good writer, Christine, it. and well-read Veronica. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then John says, last year I was introduced to the Book Riot reading log, which I found super helpful. Uh, they have produced a new one for 2022, and it can be found here. And this is, uh, what is a reading log? Well, uh, apparently oh, it was very it's popular last year. Yeah. So it's hmm. it's a way to track and log all mm-hmm. of the books that you read in the year. Uh, so you know you kind of want to do it from the beginning. So this is the t- this is the time to do it. Well, you even have I, a little video tutorial uh, if uh, you know to kind of help you understand how to do the ro- do the log. Well, this is fun, and you can do all yeah. sorts of charts and graphs and things like that. So that's pretty neat. Yeah, data nerds, you're gonna want okay. This. So this is like this is like if Goodreads did all that stuff for us and gave us cool like data visualization around mm. the stuff yeah, that we're reading instead of just making a list. You don't have to share your information with them mm. because this is a spreadsheet that you keep locally. So Disney. Mm. All right. Well, interesting. Okay, I'm gonna have to check that out. I don't know if I need to enter things in two places. That's my only. So, so, so. That's my only stopping point. You know, like I'm already doing that in Goodreads. Yeah. And then yeah, in our barrier sword, we have another alternative as well. So it's just like, ooh, I don't know if I need that much information. Although I have to say, I was very glad once again to Tazzy Dave and all the folks who uh, work on the Wikia, the Sword and Laser Wikia, 
because I've been watching Station Eleven uh-huh. on on HBO Max, and I was like, oh, "When did I read that? When did I read that?" And I just like looked it up on the wiki. I was like, "Oh, I read oh it. Gosh. I read it in 2015, so long ago." Um, but it was so good. But it's you know, little bits and pieces have been coming back to me as I watch the show, and that was a great book, great show too. I rely on that Wikipedia regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, when people are like, Oh, uh, when did, when did you read that? And I, I need to find out. I mean, we do it on the show quite a bit. I, I did the forever war with, uh, by Joe Haldeman on, uh, uh Andrew Heaton's alienating the audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, it was super helpful for, for me to be like, Oh, this is when we read it a very long time ago. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, so yeah, it's, it, it, it's great. Uh, I am very much enjoying uh, station 11, even with all its differences, especially with all its differences, because it's very much remade for a television telling rather than a book telling. And I think Mm -hmm. they're capturing, uh, still the essence that makes it compelling, uh, in that, in a different format. Also, uh, did watch wheel of time. Um, Oh, good. Yeah. So I'm all, all caught up. I caught up like right as it finished. Yeah. Uh, so I, I am now hooked on, on that as well and looking forward to waiting for season two. So you've watched, so I have finished the Witcher season two. I finished yeah, I Wheel of Time too. season one and I am caught up on station 11. I'm actually and, a couple of episodes behind on station 11. I still need okay. to catch right up. And then I'm caught up on the expanse as well. Oh, I finished the expanse. The show is the show still going? Yes, it's still going, but sometimes you're married oh, to someone who works for Rotten Tomatoes and you get screeners. So annoying. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. You can I'll give you that. I can't I was say like, anything what do you mean? About I thought it. I was caught up. It wasn't over yet. You are. <laughs> I'm actually rewatching. I'm 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 watching it every week as it comes out anyway, because I, I like it that much. It's been a really great season. I think it's this a has really been a super, season, yeah. super good season. And also reading Leviathan Falls, which I did over the mm-hmm. break as well. I finished uh, Leviathan Falls. Ugh, I can't believe that series is done. Uh, but reading that, it was very fun to then watch the show and be like, oh, but this character that isn't in Leviathan Falls is in the TV show and you know, oh. vice versa. So, yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, let us know what you're watching. Send us a tweet at Sword and Laser. What did you? What have you thought of all the sci-fi fantasy shows on on TV right now? There's a lot of them, and more to come. So, what are you excited about? What are you watching? What do you think of of what's out there right now? All right. Well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. And our old pal, Drake Tungsten, (laughs) Turtle is my totem, says, found 10 books on my Goodreads list via NPR's book section, found 16 of my books via Sword and Laser Book Club. Take that, NPR. Booyah. Booyah, booyah. (laughs) Although I claim NPR because I was an intern there once, so I win the entire 26 books from Drake. I guess guess that's true. Yeah, good job. (laughs) I'll let you read Beth Mitchum. Uh, Beth wrote Aurora Rising, Alistair Reynolds. I liked the mix of comfortable tropes. He mentors the unwanted, gems of the service, evil AIs, and cool SF ideas, the clockmaker, the glitter band. I hope a future book features the pigmen. Nice. Beth, you're genius at this. It's so good. I'm always impressed. You really encapsulate these books in the small amount of characters that you have. You know, I've never checked. Is Are they exactly 280 characters or 
Is she like uh, a little short? Because that would no, be kind of I, cool I, if they were always if all, exactly if fitting. They're always a twoosh. Yeah. I yeah. don't think they are. I don't think they are. That that's an extra difficulty level right there. I, yeah. I don't want to say you have to do that, but if you did do that. <laughs> but Veronica now thinks you have to do that. So I just you know, think it'd be pretty cool. Just saying, just saying. <laughs> and we mentioned earlier um, in the episode about an alternative potentially to Goodreads. Um, this one comes from Justine, Aurora Lee, and all the places online. Hello, Tom and Veronica. Long time, first time, I think. LOL. Um, I'm a bit behind, so I'm not sure if this has been brought up already or elsewhere. I learned about the story graph from the host of another podcast I listened to, uh, Kaina at Historical AF. It's a really interesting Goodreads alternative. She said, this app is a Black-owned business that lets you say if you own the book, gives you graphs, ooh, graphs, and has cool reading challenges. It's at thestorygraph.com. And she goes on to say, I'm liking it because it's not owned by Amazon and it's a lot cleaner than Goodreads. It won't be a replacement for the Goodreads community yet, uh, but it sounds like a feature they're planning for the future. And importing my Goodreads content was really easy. A detailed step-by-step was my first screen after signing up. Ooh, they're going for them. They're gunning, gunning for Goodreads with that. I love it. Um, Anyway, if people are looking for a new or different book logging site, this could be an option. Happy New Year. Yeah, they've talked about this on the Reading Glasses podcast, uh, and and it sounds re- uh, really interesting. I've been meaning to to try it out. I know it's a little limited uh, in the features right now because it's it's just you know in its earliest years. Goodreads has been around forever, uh, but yeah, if you are wanting an alternative to Goodreads, definitely worth checking out. Thestorygraph.com. Yeah, I might test it out just to see the. You know, as a product manager, I like to see how how different yeah. sites kind of like do the same kind of thing in like different perspectives. Um, and plus it seems like they have a, a pretty cool recommendation engine, which is something that I work on for creative cloud express, my, my day job. Um, so being able to see how other people are, are training cool. and using AI to make recommendations would be pretty, pretty sick. Yeah. Very nice. All right. Well, folks, uh, before we jump into the wrap up of the inheritance of Orgidia Divinia, um, let's do a quick kickoff for uh, the book that Tom picked for next month. So uh, I got this pick. Reading glasses is going to come up twice. Sorry, folks, but uh, <laughs> it was a recommendation. Why did you just join their podcast, Tom? <laughs> I know. Seriously. Uh, it was a recommendation uh, on their podcast. I've also seen it on several end of year lists. Uh, it's Light from Uncommon Stars by Rika Aoki. Uh, Rika Aoki is an English teacher at Santa Monica College uh, and gender studies at Antioch University. Uh, local to me here because she teaches at Santa Monica College and, and lives here in the, the Los Angeles area. And Light from Uncommon Stars is a story about aliens and demons. So it's kind of sword and laser mm-hmm. all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a violin teacher who has sold her soul to the devil uh, and needs to deliver souls in order to be able to play the violin publicly again. Uh, so she is recruiting violin students in order to get them to trade their souls for being good at the violin. Then there's uh, an alien family running a donut shop in the San Gabriel Valley. Uh, and of course, any more than that would be spoilers, but the paths will obviously cross. It's kind of amazing to find out why the people from outer space are running the donut shop, what they're doing there, how they and the violin story uh, intersect. And let me just say, it is a tremendously fun novel. I 
I'm sorry, but I already finished it. I know we're just kicking it off, but <laughs> I could not stop. It was like eating a box of donuts. I just could not stop. The food descriptions in this book will make you very hungry. So try not yes. to read this book on an empty stomach. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I wanted to bring this up. Um, I was going to wait for the first episode, but I have been salivating listening to the descriptions of food in this book. It is really intense I, and delicious. I don't know if it's better or worse for me that I'm just a, a car ride away oh, from dude. the places she's talking about. San Gabriel Valley is is in the northeast part of Los Angeles, uh, and we, we do go there uh, quite regularly to eat. Uh, yeah. I don't think she's described any of the places I ate at, and I know not all of the places are real, although I suspect many of them are based on Some of them on must be, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I would like to investigate that more in person. With, <laughs> yes, very carefully. With my, with, with my chopsticks and a yeah. bowl. Oh, my and gosh. my stomach. Yeah. So good. Yeah, this book is really, it's really fun. It's really sweet and beautiful and thoughtful. Um, really great discussions and, and thought-provoking uh, on, on, about gender and yeah. I, yeah, I don't mean to make it feel like this book is about food. Cause it's not, that's like a side, <laughs> it's not about, it's like, that's just, just a, a nice side benefit. benefit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of, of a very compelling and very complex story mm-hmm. that is well told. Yeah. It's, there's so much, it's very dense, um, with cool information and characterization and, mm-hmm. It's the world building is really great as well, even though it's, it's, um, it's like our real, but there's also it's our world rather, but it's, there's a lot of other things happening, uh, yeah. surrounding us. Yeah. I, we always hesitate to give trigger warnings because we don't want to give one and not give another and then have somebody misled into thinking, uh, that, that something wasn't there that was so, but I would say, look up the trigger warnings for this, especially, uh, at the beginning there, there are a few, um, mm-hmm. And, and you should, you, you know, if, if you are someone who, who is concerned about that, you, you should check this out beforehand, just, just to know what you're getting into. Uh, but if it's not something that you look at and go like, okay, as long as I know it's coming, I'm all right. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's not egregious. It's not, and, and it's, it's certainly motivated and the story evolves, uh, to a point that, that I think redeems the, 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 I can't really say anything without being spoilery, but okay. it's. It's, it's, it's not, um, gosh, what, how do you, how do you, how do you say anything without spoiling? I think, it's, I think you've said enough. I think you, yeah, I think you said what you needed to say. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and, it, and it's motivated and it fits into the story. So yeah, I think that's, that's okay. probably good. Leave it right there. Well said. Um, yeah, great book so far. I'm, I'm more than halfway through at this point of the audiobook. I'm loving the audiobook. So if you're looking for something to listen to as well, I think the audiobook is really well done. Um, but regardless, yeah, check it out. Light from Uncommon Stars by Rika Aoki. Um, okay, well, let's wrap up. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe it's happening already. Let's wrap up The Inheritance of Orgidia Divinia by uh, Zoraida Cordova. And, um, man, this book was great. This was a this was a super interesting read. Um, just off the top, what did you what did you think? Did you enjoy it, Tom? Yes. Um, despite my hand wringing the, when last we met, uh, you know, about whether this is actually fantasy or magical realism and my, my thoughts about, you know, that those thoughts and the fact that the author says absolutely fantasy. And, and, you know, uh, I enjoyed it. Oh, it was great. Uh, I, I thought it was moody 
right? This isn't a fun, lighthearted read, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's deep, it's rich, uh, and it's textured. And and uh, I I really really enjoyed following the story. What about you? Yeah, I, I'm very much the same. Um, I loved uh, Marimar. I loved Ray. I loved the and Rhiannon. I loved the characters. I loved the. How interesting it was that there was, uh, we are going to be spoilery, by the way, this is a wrap up for those of you who are new in case you haven't oh, read right. this book we yet. We should make that clear. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I never, I never felt like it wasn't fantasy personally. I felt like it was, you know, <laughs> deeply rooted in, in fantastical, <laughs> get it deeply rooted, get it. Cause she turns yeah. into a tree and she has roots. Because literally becomes a tree for most def- of the story. Yeah. Except roots, for the yeah. flashbacks. Yeah. Um, you know, there was, there was magic. There was like a touch of, um, I was going to say sci-fi, but it's not really sci-fi because mm. he's kind of like a, a celestial, which is, is more. Yeah. He's more from fantastical. space. <laughs> he's from space. <laughs> but he's magical space. So magical maybe space, space opera, angel like Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Um, and then there's he's not of this world. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. Right. Right. Um, and then there's just the magic that what Gidea has herself. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, <sighs> I just thought the characters were really great and really fleshed out very well. Um, it was frustrating that Orgidia couldn't like, um, tell them what was going on. <laughs> like That was definitely the frustrating part that they had to go through this whole sure. figuring out what the backstory was in order to understand that was what was after them. The mystery. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I guess it was, it was fine. I would, I would give it, if I had to give it stars, I would give it four stars. Like I really enjoyed it. Um, the audiobook for me was, was, the best part like i loved the the narration of the audiobook and the 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 voice acting in that um and i loved the just like the family story like thinking about like you know yeah not coming from a big family it was kind of cool to like hear about what it would be like to have such a a massive family and and people that had been through so much with you um yeah i'm sorry what were you going to say no 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 um on, on the point of the family though um it, 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 on the one hand reminded me in some ways of my father's family Hmm. because his, his father was born in, in 1883. Uh, and so there's that, that ancient aspect of Orchidia Divina's roots. Uh, and obviously, you know, my father came from Southern Illinois, uh, not, not from, uh, you know, outside the country, but, but the era, the, there's, there's some commonality there in the era and the thinking and, and sort of that, you know, getting on a ship to go places, uh, aspect, uh, that, and, and so her relationship to her family reminded me in, in some ways of my father's, uh, and then the modern family absolutely reminded me a lot of my wife's family. Uh, oh, she, interesting. She, yeah. she comes from a, uh, a, a big immigrant family. They're Filipino, not, not, uh, Latin American, but, but still that, that sort of immigrant experience and the large family and the, and, and the way people interact and drift apart and, and pull back together. Uh, so, so there was definitely, I was, I was catching little bits of, of my actual experience here. Uh, and I liked the flashback. I liked that we were getting Orchidia's story and then moving into the future, trying to uncover why it ended up. 
the way it did. It was, it was one of those beautiful things where you know how it ends, but you still want to know how you got there. Right. You got right. spoiled in the book. Like, oh, guess what? She turns into a tree. <laughs> you know, we already know this. But why? Why did she turn into a tree? Why did she leave uh, her country? Uh, that's that's where the story is, is in is in the details and in the journey. And I really enjoyed how that was told. I'm trying to find the um, the family tree that was posted in in one of our threads earlier, because I thought that was a uh, super cool. Let me see if I can find it. Family tree. Because that was a helpful way. Oh, here it is. Yes, it's on the author's website. Yeah, I think it was in our show notes last month, too. Yeah. Or, um, there we go. Oh, and there's a playlist, too, on... on um, open this in a new tab. Okay, now I can zoom in on it so I can actually see it. <laughs> it's good radio. The one thing... Thanks. The one thing I was kind of sad about is I wanted to learn more about her husbands <laughs> and, like, how she oh, met all her husbands. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. They did sort of give short shrift. Like, yeah, she had 500. She killed them all. Well, I mean, she didn't kill, she didn't them, kill them, them, but but they all died. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was not a lot of uh, explanation into, into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have liked a little more background on how she met all the husbands. I mean, I think I could put two and two together, but uh, like we were saying, it the fun is in the telling of the story. So it would be a nice, nice I don't know, short story thing or something. Be fun to know that too. So we had, yeah, we had Felix, um, who was one of the husbands. We had uh, Luis. We had um, Pedro, uh, Bolivar, Londoño. Um, And then we had Hector, Caleb, and Martin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And who's that? Okay. Anyway, that's a different, that's a different husband. That's her, her, her stepfather. Um, so yeah, that was, I think the saddest part for me was, um, was gosh, Tatanelli and, and Michael Sullivan both dying. Like I found that so shocking that Tatanelli died, um, protecting them. That was, uh, super sad. Um, yeah. And ran and was uh, left and, kind and- of orphaned. <sighs> With any good story, you need stakes, right? Yeah, and that's, yeah. That that's that was one of the aspects uh, of that. But I saw him dying. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit surprised that she did. Yeah, I mean, there were stakes. I mean, a lot of people died. <laughs> a lot of their family members yep. had already died. I don't. I'm not trying to laugh. I'm just saying, like, it, it felt no, like it, the yeah. stakes had been well covered. Um, but yeah, so. Overall, all right, let's see what people thought. Um jumping into the conversation. So I was trying to to, to to take us into to Seth's comment earlier when I was when I was talking about um the the way the the flashbacks are told because oh, Seth yeah. doesn't agree with me, does he? Mm, no, not quite. He says, um, so it isn't much of a spoiler, all things considered, but Orgelia dies. Um, this happens long before we have any reason to sympathize with them at all. Uh, most of their story occurs long after this, page-wise, because the author decides to mash up the past and the present. This means that the author can keep the tension of just who the bad guy is until right up at the end of the book. I suppose this adds some tension to the book, but I also think it robs the emotion from what is the central event of the story. Would it have been a better story if it had been told more linearly? See, I think. I find fault with your premise, Seth, that mm-hmm. that is the central event of the book. And in fact, 
I feel like the ending underlines that and said her death is not the central event of the book. The central event of the book is the family discovering the truth of her life. And she had to die for them to do that. Right. Almost, I think almost the the biggest event is kind of the climax is when she comes back. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Upon discovery of all this thing of it all coalescing together at the end. And if, and if you hadn't had her die, well, you can't bring her back. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And as we said in the beginning, if you can't have her die, then there's no reason for them to go looking for the truth. And there was so much that needed to be learned. Um, but most Seth, people said Seth, they didn't mind it Seth too much. Seth says later in the thread that uh, maybe he was just disappointed with the ending rather than the way the story was told. And that perfectly legitimate. We all, you know, we all interpret things differently. Uh, Seth says, I'm probably just searching for the reason I felt a little unsatisfied at the end. So, hmm, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. totally fair. All right. And then we have a, a note from, oops, my other other article went away. Um, but this is about the audiobook. Yeah. Joyce mm. says, I really loved the audiobook, which is narrated by Frankie Corzo. Um, this especially helped with all the Spanish names of which I am terrible at. I feel you, girl. Um, it also made it very lyrical sounding. Um, trying to figure out foreign names while reading always takes me out of the story. I did take a peek at how they spelled by uh, borrowing the print edition from the library as well. Oh. Oh, very cool. It also nice helped me uh, keep everyone in order of the family. I didn't expect it that much in the beginning of the book. Then Orgilia turned into a tree, and then I knew I was going to be in for a ride. I loved it once stuff started happening. Yeah, I listened to the audio uh, book of this as well, and uh, I agree with uh, Joyce and uh, Lisa and uh, Tina and Turp Kristen, who all uh, agreed that uh, Frankie Corzo did a great job. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people said they were kind of like, you know, the narrator helped them stay engaged with a book that they otherwise might have. I wonder if that would have helped Seth. Hmm. Fascinating. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's that can definitely be true. A, a lot of people can be taken out by... You know, sometimes books are hard to get into or at least get started with. And a good narrator can really just pull you into the story and and make it a lot easier sometimes. Yeah, I was going to say earlier, um, you know, I've sort of developed the scale of like, do I make myself read it? Do I I read it regularly? Do I find time to read it or do I devour it? Uh, This was a this went from. A reading it regularly, not not a problem. Enjoyed mm-hmm. reading it when I read it. Uh, to be to as it as it picked up as we got closer to the mystery, uh, to the end, it became a fine time to read mm-hmm. it. I started to to be like, you know what? I I think I want to get a little more of Arcadia. I want to find out where where this is going. So it it definitely this for me anyway pulled me in. And I think the I think the audiobook performance was was a part of that. You know, it it definitely helps with the mood. Um, if, if you're someone who has a difficulty, uh, you know, reading non-English words and phrases and names and, and stuff that, that can be a stumbling block and an audiobook might help with that. Mm-hmm. I have to say I'm already making my, my house is very clean. Thanks to uh light from uncommon stars. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, extremely so clean. You're finding reasons to read it, not and just I'm, seeking out time to read it. That's that's yeah. great. That, yeah. Lots of hand oh, washing I, I, dishes and bottles. <laughs> yeah. Light from Uncommon Stars 
I just, I just read it. I was like, yeah. I'm just going to sit here. I didn't even need to find things to do anymore. I was like, I'm just going to sit here and read this book. I played solitaire, <laughs> honestly, um, to, to like oh, nice. keep, keep my, my eyes, you know, uh, occupied while I just listened to the story. It was great. And then finally, we have a post from Adrian who says, this is a little off topic, but have you seen Disney's latest animated movie of Encanto? Uh, it totally reminded me of Ogidia's house and how it was magical and gives out powers to the main family. And the grandma, oh, nice. Abuela, in the movie is totally Ogidia. Okay, cool. Uh, I've Gen- been waiting Genesee to see this. completely yeah. agrees. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. Um, I've been meaning to watch this for a while now um, since it came out. So came out it gives me even more... Yeah. Did it come out all the way back in November? Wow. Yeah, it's been out for a little bit, but that's okay. I'll, I'll so get there eventually. There's so many things to watch. I know. As we mentioned lots, earlier. lots of good stuff. All right, everybody. Well, that about wraps up our episode. Um, thank you so much for listening. Our show is currently entirely funded by you, our patrons. Thank you so much to all the folks who back our show. If you want to help us support us, if you want to help us, if you want to help support us, uh, you know, got to keep me in wine so I can talk good on the show, you know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, head over to <laughs> patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email feedback at swordandlaser.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter at swordandlaser. And all of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Audio program so good, it's like you're there!